Okay, I think we're good to go. <clears throat> okay, I think we're good to go. Yay. We're good to go? I don't know. Are, are you? What happened? I, 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 I honestly don't know what happened. All I did was take the cover off, and then I really honestly don't know. Are you live right now? I think so. Check. Yeah. Okay, so I what, don't know. What, what did you do differently while I was on my way over? Just tell me what, what you did. You obviously changed something. I really don't know. I took... I mean, I, be I believe. All I well, do, do your show. Okay. Tom, wait. This isn't working. Is there a doctor in the house? Hi, it's Dr. Lisa, and it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. All right, folks? So I'm going to get through this really quick because I've got to tell you about our scavenger hunt. Did you know we're having a party and a scavenger hunt? That's right. So it's the Radio Free Brooklyn All Borough Holiday Scavenger Hunt Next, on um, it's launched on November 28th, and uh, it's on till this Saturday, December 12th. So you listen to Radio Free Brooklyn for clues on where to find scavenger hunt items at local Brooklyn businesses throughout Brooklyn. The person who collects most items will win the grand prize of a brand new Massey single seat speed bike from the Velo Bike Shop. Have you ever, Quebe, have you ever heard of a Massey bike? I never have. I have not. Okay. So you got to love bikes. There will be two runner-up prizes, but you have to play to win. Prizes will be awarded during Radio Free Brooklyn's holiday party at Beast of Bourbon. That is 710 Myrtle Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. On Saturday, this coming Saturday, December 12th from 2 to 6. So stay tuned to Radio Free Brooklyn for more details on the days and not weeks to come now. It's just really just the days. But we've had this around for a while. And, um, so it should have, it sh there's been a lot of promotion. I think it's really, well, the party's going to be awesome. I'm definitely going there. You should come, Quay Bay. Yeah, sounds fun. <laughs> okay, so I love saying that name, Quay Bay Coti. Coti? Koti, yes, that's correct. Yeah, so um, that's my guest today on Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. She is, first of all, she's gorgeous, <laughs> and you can't see her, but she is gorgeous. So make sure you look, um, you know, look online at when my post so you can see a picture of her. Or on my Instagram, that'll work. And um, anyway, uh, she's a fascinating, fascinating young lady. She... Um, start shit she gets shit done so she started the bushwick 
um, film festival, which is like in in 07. In 07, yeah. <laughs> Can you get a little closer to the mic, oh, sure. way, Bay? Am I okay now? I love saying that name. I'm just going to keep it. It has like, I don't know, it's like music sort of. What does it mean? It means something. It does. It what does it mean? It <laughs> has a very interesting meaning. Wait, I'm fixing this mic. Do I sound okay now? You sound much better. Okay. Do you right. sing? You have a beautiful voice. Move closer, a little closer. Just physically move closer. It's like my mouth should be right there. Yeah, that's okay. beautiful. Okay. <laughs> so what does your name mean? Well, my name means a hard year. Whoa. Okay, so that's <laughs> probably because your family moved from the uh, culturally rich but war-torn Liberia uh, um when you were three years old? I was three years old. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of parents in Liberia, or at least my parents, <laughs> named their children literally. So the year that I was born, it was just uh, right before the Liberian Civil War was about to happen. And and so it was a tough year for my parents and a lot of other Liberians. And that's that's where that name came from. Wow. I'm sorry you wound up in, like, Newark, New Jersey when you came to America. Sorry. There wasn't more, like, you know, like Manhattan <laughs> or, like, Los Angeles or something a little more glamorous. But I'm well, you know, I actually wound up in East Orange when I first came to America. Um, but, yeah, Newark was re- neighbors to East Orange and not, not that different. Yeah, do you, do you remember, like, the actual coming over here? Like the journey? Yeah. No, I was way too young. Uh, we first went to Ivory Coast waiting for our, our asylum papers, and then we came to Liberia. But I was really, really young to, to remember that And you journey. remember that? Did your brothers and sisters? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have four sisters and two brothers, and, and they're well, all older. Like, the, the closest one to me is four years. So your parents actually moved here with, like, three, four small children? Five small? How many? Uh, four, 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 four of us came first, four small children. And, and that, so it's like six people, like migrating. Wow. Yes. That does that seem, that seems, that seems, um, amazing to me. Yeah. I mean, it was quite a journey. Pretty, I'm sure it was st- stressful for my parents. Um, I see that. You know what? Tom Tom is waving at me. Hi, Tom. I know. I turned him down. The mics are too loud. Oh, okay. So, but, uh, or I'm probably just yelling. It's all right. So anyways, so the thing is, is that, um, and we appreciate your help, uh, Tom, very, very much. We do. We really do. He he really, he really works hard on this stuff and, and I'm not, yeah, whatever. Let's not go there. So anyway, um. Still? Still too loud? Jesus. Better? How about now? How about now? The things are, hmm. Quaby, you don't mind going through this learning process with no, me, do no, you? No, no, of course. <laughs> of course not. So that must have been really intense for your family, though. To, like, How did they come over? Was it a plane, a boat? What? Um, what? Well, it was a plane. I mean, I don't know the specific details of the entire process but yeah it was a plane we all my mom and and the children came first and then my dad came uh shortly after Mm -hmm. do you ever go over do you guys talk about that as a family at all well i mean we talk about it not as a not like i don't remember like sitting as a collective it's not like a thanksgiving yeah not like a thanksgiving discussion but you know to be honest it wasn't until recently you know as when i became an adult woman that i 
really started probing my parents with a lot more questions that I'd never asked before. And, and pieces of the puzzle are still getting put together as we speak. I still don't know exactly, like, you know, I'm really interested in their lives, in their lives before the war and what they used to do in me, Liberia and, like, me too. on the beach. You know, because Liberia is a beautiful country. It's right on the water. Um, you know, so I'm still... You know, actually, I asked them more questions about their lives as opposed to the war. Right. Um, because, I mean, there's a lot of information that I read books, you know, there's a lot of information about the war and, right. and things like that. But I think a lot of times, and this is me speaking not with any sort of, like, I don't have a say in what war-torn pe- countries are like, but I feel like it's such a traumatizing experience that a lot of families don't have, like, a sit-down to talk about how to get, get sure. through it. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible to. It's impossible for me me to begin to imagine what that experience would be would be like for anybody. Yeah, um, I mean, my parents were my age when they had to drop their lives and leave everything behind. So with everything already set, you know, college was already done, work was already done. So mm-hmm. I can't really imagine having to just like drop everything and start over, you know? Is that an interesting perspective for you though? I mean, does that make like, does that make things, things more meaning? Like it's, it would be harder to take things for granted being from knowing what they went through. Do you, does that resonate with you? Yeah, definitely. I think that's, I mean, I'm definitely very sensitive to, you know, the immigrant story or the story of like disadvantaged or marginalized people um, because that's a part of my life, my story. Uh, Yeah, and I don't, I think not only do I not take things for granted, I just have like a very, uh, like I'm very driven, you know. Yes. So, yeah, so I have a lot of, there's a lot of force behind me. But it's also really interesting, like the things that you seem driven about. I wanted to also mention that you're doing this other like massive project called the Bushwick Diaries, right? That is well, true. why don't you explain what that what that is? Well, the Bushwick Diaries is a documentary about uh, about Bushwick and about the people that live here, the people that I've encountered. Like I've I've lived in Bushwick for almost ten years now, and just experiencing the people here and the change in the neighborhood and I'm just so I was just so interested about the people that I that I met the unique characters and just everything that's happening here I mean if you live here or if you've lived here for 10 or even more years you can see that it's something like really special happening or has Mm -hmm. happened who knows like Mm -hmm. is it over right Uh, those are the questions that you know I ask the people that I interview um, but basically, it's really a story about a human, like people, like people mm-hmm. in a community, who they are, where they're from, you know, what they like to do in the mix of a community, like rapidly changing. Sure. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I was just interested in, in doing a project like that because just for my my like 10 years living here, it has changed to a completely, you know, it changed so quickly. Sure. That it's it am- just fascinating. It's an amazing journey of a time period. Um, so. I wanted to ask you how what is that like talking to asking your parents about um their their lives in Liberia and and that stuff is it, wh- how does that what is that feeling like like when you talk to them about it do you feel um, is it is it a little bit like do you feel like you don't want to bring up something or do you think there are things that are hard to talk about or yes i mean for me or for them both both um well, I, you know, it's interesting that you say that because in the process of making this documentary, 
the Bushwick Diaries, I realized that the reason why I want to focus on the human being as opposed to like gentrification or the, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. change and all that is because some of the best memories that I have of my parents is hearing about what their life was like before, you know, everything changed, you know, like what it was like for them. You know, my mom told me a story about how they used to like take palm oil from the palm tree and, you know, hang out on the beach and everything, you know, was great. And I really enjoyed those stories because uh, a lot of the stories that come out about Liberia or Af- West or Africa in general is like saturated with war and violence and sickness. And sometimes I really like pr- want to hear like, who are these people? Like, where are they from? What do they believe in? What makes them happy? And that's what I'm really focusing on for the Bushwick Diaries is who are these people in Bushwick? Uh, what makes them happy? You know, how long have they been here? And of course, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like, you know, a lot of people are infected by the change and it comes up in our conversation. Right, of course. But uh, like I said, I'm really, when it comes to my parents, like I really like to ask them about their lives. Their happy times. Their happy times. And, and Do they, does that make them happy to talk about, you think? Like, is that a happy thing for them? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, but sometimes it is difficult because, you know, that's all in the mix, the happy times and the sad, you know, like it all mm-hmm. comes up. So you never really know mm-hmm. what happy memory is going to trigger a not so happy memory, you know? Can you, can you feel sense when, when you're going into that area, can you sense it from them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same with every anybody. Like, you know, the conversation gets changed or, you know. Well, I don't, you know, I mean, not, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess so, you know. Um, well, I like to find the traumatic things that people go through, so I enjoy No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but I, you do step on them. But, I mean, I would imagine that's a way more complicated journey to discuss or wherever wherever um so so um and what about your brothers and sisters do they have any memories of it yeah I mean they are four years older than I am Uh, so the youngest one that came over was seven mm -hmm. so that's about what that second grade first grade yeah something like that yeah so yeah I mean they have memories um they were in school by the time we came and you know I talked to them about like our house our cat like you know (laughs) um what 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 it used to be like on Benton Street which is like a popular street in Liberia Mm -hmm. or you know areas and things like that but yeah Do, do they seem affected by it in a way that you don't way that I don't know. In a way that, you know, did they have an experience that you were too young to remember, I guess? Um, Did they have an experience that I was too young to remember? Yeah, like, do they remember, Um, you know, coming here and stuff like that? You were young. Well, you know, to be honest, I don't think I've ever sat down and and was like, tell me about your journey between Liberia and... Yeah, (laughs) right, right, right. No, it's just, we just talk about little things, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the time my sister was going to school and something funny happened, you know, like, yeah, little little things like that. that. It's Um, there. It's like there, but you don't focus on it. So you have, um, it sounded like you were saying that you, you grew up in a community of people who were sort of expats from Liberia, right? Is that right? Yeah. I mean, my, my community, we, Liberians stuck with Liberians when we came here, you know, like all of the holidays, birthdays, they were all Liberian families. Like my aunts, my uncles, we just like stayed in our community. So that's pretty awesome that you had such a extended family when you got here, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I mean, that's a huge gift. I don't think that happens a lot anymore. Do you? 
Well, I don't really know. I mean, considering the circumstances, like a lot of Liberians had to come here. Right, of course. Yeah, that's why there were a lot of a lot of my family was here at the same time that we were here, um, because you know the like U.S. relationship to Liberia when something like war happens, like America is our country, our partner country. So yeah, so I mean, a lot of my family was here, but it was good to have that community here. Yes, yeah. Because I mean, it was. I mean, (laughs) to be honest. Growing up in as an African in an American school system, we I did have my struggles and you know being the African girl and all those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was it um, a um, uh, integrated school that you went to? Were there a lot of Liberian kids, or were you the one of the only black children? Or? No. I, well, for high school, no, for grade school, for for grade school, like up until mm-hmm. high school. I went to school in East Orange and then in Newark, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and it was not integrated. Um, I went to a predominantly African-American and Latin, Latino-American mm-hmm. um, schools, mm-hmm. uh, Catholic school for a, a, a stint. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, it wasn't integrated, but it was in Newark where I had the opportunity to apply to a scholarship to go to, like, one of the best boarding schools in the country. Boarding was schools? Not, yeah. I oh, went to wow. Oh, God. Um, so you got to go to a board... So you went to boarding school. Yeah. So after eighth... In eighth grade, I ap- applied to this amazing organization called the White Foundation. And what the White Foundation does is they take inner-city youth and give them op- an opportunity to study at one of, the like, the best schools in America... And I applied for that, and I got accepted, and then I ended up going to Blair Academy, which is in Blairstown, New Jersey. And in oh wow, so you wound up you wound up finding like because you're really hardworking, driven, and smart, you wound <laughs> up um, finding a uh, a path for yourself that was really productive, right? Yes, and it was it rich was. with the opportunities. I think. Right? Yeah, I mean, I had a you know in grade school, I was also an athlete, so I played basketball, and that was my thing. I was supposed to be. A basketball player in the WNBA. So I mean, I was really focused. So and I had like the, I had the support of a basketball coach and, oh. and like the structure of just going to school, practicing, studying, coming home, sort of thing. And so yeah, so I, I saw an opportunity to apply for the scholarship, and I already had like a lot of support with family and coaches, yeah. So like so um, it you know I think it's so important. To have that kind that kind of support can really make up for a lot, I think. And also, I think being sport being good in sports is really um, an important thing to have a well balanced mental state. Just physically, are you yeah. physically um, physically inclined, or you know, sports, dancing, right? Yeah. Tell me about that. Did um, you? Yes. When you say it's physically inclined. <laughs> oh, um, I just person? think that like. People who are athletic, um, and or people who are just athletic or use their bodies a lot, um, are just biologically happier. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's the best way. The best way to make yourself feel better is to use your body. Yeah. Yeah. So sports definitely. Sex is great. <laughs> now, whatever. Uh, yeah. So what about dancing? Do you, so it says here something about choreography. Yeah. Like I like, I like experimental dancing. I like, I like dancing a lot. Me. Um, all the dancing I do is experimental. Yeah. I, know yeah. I like dancing and, um, just to backtrack a little bit about sports is when I was in Newark, um, 
learning how to play basketball, I did used to, I used to spend my entire day on the basketball courts from like 8 a.m. till the mm. night time, and that definitely was a way. I looking back as an adult, mm. like that really sort of gave me tunnel like. I didn't really see everything else that was going on. You know, Newark growing up then was not like, you know. Mm-hmm. Was there <laughs> the a lot of crime places. in the neighborhood you grew up in? Yes. Yes, there was. Um, yeah, there was. There was a lot of stuff happening in school, a lot of stuff happening with my friends, you know. Like, of, um, you're, you mean like were your friends doing, doing like, like my friends shoplifting, taking drugs in high school, things like that? <laughs> Um, well, not in middle school. I mean, I I think... No, 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 middle school. No, when they were, like, 15. I'm not talking 12. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, when I was in high school, I had already left Newark. So, um, but in middle school, there was a lot happening. Like, you know, people were losing their friends and family to violence, to guns. Jesus. To, like, prison. You know, a lot of the friends I knew had gone to prison. Wow. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of drugs, you know, selling of drugs. I knew a lot of... You know, I didn't like, I wasn't best friends, but I did know a lot of drug dealers. And it was just kind of normal, you know? Like, right. To, oh, he hangs out on this corner, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, basketball and sports definitely gave me the tunnel vision that somebody, I think, would need to just, like, not see all the Be who you are today. Yeah. Like, running everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but things that are really positive for people and also, like, really creative things. Mm-hmm. Did you always have a creative bent? I did. I think, I mean, when... My my best cousin and I used to dance all the time for like our family functions, oh. um, and that's where dancing sort of comes in. Uh, yeah, you I mean like you guys would perform? Like we would perform for your whole family. <laughs> we were like the family party performers. So they um, they would be like, "This dinner's gonna be. We're gonna start this dinner with a dance by Quebe <laughs> and okay, ladies." Yeah. And then yeah, we were like in the we were the middle the middle act. So, uh, oh, oh really you mean fun. you weren't the headliner? You, the you must headliner. have such a talented family. We were, my sister actually is. I mean, we are. I do come from a creative family. My sister actually sings in a group called Traces, who actually was just on the NBC Sing Off. Holy so, shit! Yeah, really, really your sister? Yeah, they're they're all female acapella group. Oh man, what a bunch you of them in here. They would you guys. Up. <laughs> you guys are like the overachieving family. You guys are like this. Like you guys are a great American story. No. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's so positive to hear about this stuff because there's so much crap going out there. Do you, on do you do you feel like do it, does everyone ask you this in interviews or like the whole thing with Syria and all the uh, immigration and stuff like that? Do, do you do, does that affect you or do you feel like yeah. You have a connection to that in some way? Or? Yeah, that definitely affects me. I mean, especially when I, I mean, I, I just, when I see people, hear people being so afraid or worried about what the refugees or the immigrants are going to do to their country, you know, um, it's, it's, it hurts, you know, it hurts a lot just to think like if my family were, wasn't given an opportunity to flee violence, like where, where would we be? And, you know, um, yeah. I think that everybody should have the right to leave to come into a country to flee violence and i mean that's a whole another topic because i don't really believe in borders and boundary and borders uh, okay borders. but yeah I mean, yeah but i, I mean there like, must like there must be like do you think that's inspiring you to find out more stories from your parents or something like that that's what i was wondering about yeah yeah i mean i definitely yes. i mean if that's partly why you know you say you've been talking to them more lately is that right yeah i mean not more lately but like over about that time, about, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it does really hurt my feelings when I read the papers. I mean, right now, the thing, 
with Germany and all the immigrants that are c- coming coming into Germany. Like my boyfriend's German, <laughs> German, so oh, I, I hear a so lot funny. about it. Um, and just hearing the fear, the fear of like the immigrants, you know, like the fear of the refugee. Like, what are they gonna do? You know, like, are they gonna destroy our country and our take away our safety? And I'm just like, there's Americans or people in your country that are violent, you know, like it just, I don't know if there's a difference really in the percentages of, what am I trying to say? I don't know if it's like, if I'm more prone to violence, if I'm an immigrant or a refugee, I don't think that's true. So yeah, I mean, it's painful, it's hurtful, especially like being a part of that community um, to hear, you know, people not wanting to allow people into specific countries, especially if it's for safety reasons. Um, yeah, doesn't it seem like, don't we seem, don't Americans, it's so bad for America. I mean, it, isn't it hard to imagine, like, the, uh, uh, it's ignorance, right? Isn't it just ignorance more than anything else? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, everybody does have a right to their feelings and their opinions, and obviously that's what makes America, America. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's a lot crazy. of times it, it is an ignorant Ignorance, and um, I guess I don't really want to say ignorance. But no, I guess, I guess, oh, come it's, on. It's fucking think, ignorant. Are you it, kidding? I think it's like unconscious like behavior. Well, you're really a kind person. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. I call it fucking ignorance. I can't believe how people in the middle of this country are so, I mean, we're isolated too. You know, you fucking Bushwick people, you guys should go on a few trips yourself because we need you guys to get out there into the middle of America and make those people wake up. They never get to see anything that's not like, you know, their own, like, small-minded world. Yeah. That's part of the... We need to send everybody on a big trip. <laughs> a pilgrimage. Yeah. yeah. Let's send them to <laughs> Liberia. <laughs> So anyway, uh, I'm sure this must, but I'm sure it affects you and your family and your community, right? And every, any any family, any, any, any uh, community that's affected by their own immigration at this time period, including like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Jew. I mean, we were, we're immigrants. Mm -hmm. Come on. We had, we (laughs) We had that evil guy. We had, <laughs> we had our internment camps. Come on. The, the only problem is we didn't have St- Steven Spielberg in those days or everybody <laughs> would have known about it. That is true. The power of film and storytelling, right? The power of the Internet. Yeah. For better or for worse. <laughs> uh, so um, anyway, so you, you – yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're a pretty amazing person. Um, you've done so – so much. Uh, I'm. Were you ever like a bad? Did, so was there any rebellion? <laughs> you're like this. Like you. You're like. You're really like. Do you're you're really on the track to do everything right? Do you ever do anything bad or wrong? <laughs> Tell me oh something. God. Be human. Oh my god. I'm you're so not human. perfect. I'm Please. So, I'm so human and so flawed and really. Yes, I, I, I make mistakes. Like everybody when you else, make mis- all the time. Yeah. Did you ever rebel or anything? Yeah, I used to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my the cousin that I talked about recently, you know, my performance cousin. We used to. I used to sneak out the house all the time. Really? Uh, yeah. Like I used to sneak out the house all the time and like get caught. My older brother w- was the one that used to try to enforce the laws in the house. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I snuck out a lot. I I wasn't that great in school. <laughs> like I didn't get 
all the good grades. I really was focused on sports, to be honest. Sports. And well, how did you get the? Um, well, you must have had good grades. I guess. I mean, I guess I, I did have good grades in grade school. <laughs> in junior high, uh-huh. I wasn't like an A student. No, but student. You, I was like a you, BC student in, in at Blair, at Blair, uh, and which it took was, a lot to get there. Which was very competitive. It was hard. So, what did you do when you snuck out? <laughs> well, we used to go to this place, the skating rink across. I guess it's not that rebellious because it was like right across the street from my apartment. Uh, but just go out with friends and drive around. Like what we did in Newark was like just drive around and go to like fast food joints and go to the skating rink and, like, talk to boys and... That sounds... Like, normal... So you have a normal teenage side. Yeah. Did you ever get caught by your parents? Yeah. And what would happen then? Um, We would get screamed at a lot, and then um, I guess I wouldn't... I wouldn't be able to go back out for a while, but then I would just go straight back to boarding school. And when I came back, it was, like, back to normal. I mean, to be honest, like, I did not get it as... My parents... By the time my parents got to me, they weren't as strict... So my oh, so my, I'm the yeah, last of the seven. baby of the family, <laughs> right. So well, I get it from my brothers and sisters all the time. They're like, when we were your age, we, uh, we weren't allowed to do that. We weren't allowed to do anything. But by the time I was like, I showed up, I was just like doing They were over I was like all over the place. So. Yeah, they were like, okay, we, we, we the, the, those kids are okay. We're not gonna, <laughs> let's just relax. Do whatever you want, baby. Yeah. I just want to announce that it's uh, Radio Free Brooklyn because it's the bottom of the hour. And uh, I'm talking with Quebe Cote on Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I want to remind everybody to come to our Radio Free Brooklyn holiday party this coming Saturday. And it's between... uh, I'm going, by the way. I want you to come because I want to hang out. It's between 2 and 6 p.m. at the Beast of Bourbon, 710 Myrtle Avenue. So you guys better show up because, you know, there were a couple of my listeners that didn't come to the last party, Halloween party, and I remember it. I know who you are. So you better fucking show up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that, sound, that, sounds sort of, that sounds sort of normal. How about drugs and alcohol? Any of that? <laughs> you drink now? No comment. <laughs> no comment. No, I don't, I don't really drink You don't anymore. really drink any. I did, yeah. did you in you high what? school, when college? When I first moved to Bushwick, Bushwick corrupted me to be honest like, yeah <laughs> i know bushwick was my um when i first moved to bushwick in 2007 i think it was i started in williamsburg um in 2007 it was just like i had just graduated college we were like riding bikes and doing rooftop parties all the time and staying out until god knows whatever oh, like, you had your wild days i guess my wild days happened when i was like 23 and through 30 or something. Oh, that's yeah, like you look like you're 23 now. How old are you? <laughs> I'm 32. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you so you did go through that. Uh, yeah, I went through, oh, good. Yeah, I went through that. You know I'm why? glad so to funny. hear I that. About that. Yeah, that's, that, that was probably my wildest days, 23 to 30. And then mm-hmm. um, my Saturn return hit. I don't know if anybody oh, knows what that is. We got is. a little astrology going here. <laughs> okay, I got it. My Saturn return hit so hard at 29 or 28 or whatever it was whenever it starts, that, like, I was completely, you know, I mean. What I happened? <laughs> you got to tell us now. What happened? No, you don't if you don't, um, you know. No, it's fine. Um, when I was 29, I, like, had a complete meltdown. I, like, was, I mean, I was still doing a festival, which is um, 
I'm happy that I got through that. But um, I had a complete meltdown. Me like, too. Like what you, what people normally go through when they realize that they don't want their lives, or not that they don't want their lives, their lives isn't where they want it to not, be. Mm-hmm. Um, and like all the things, sure, and all the things that you, all the mistakes that you think you made sort of comes back tenfold in your memory mm-hmm. and like everything like it's just like terrible well, and so mm-hmm. like so yeah so I had a complete meltdown and and I, it was just so bad what, ha- what happened like was there an incident well, or? I mean I lost a, a lot of things happened I had I broke up with my boyfriend I lost my I got fired from my job oh no um and and then I, what some, was your job I was working at uh, a law firm I don't want to say I was working at a law firm mm-hmm. and in HR and human resources mm-hmm. and everything just it feels like when when shit hits the fan, it feels like it hits pretty hard. So everything just like came down to all like the house came falling down, you know, right? All at once. Your boyfriend, your job, my job, um, and then I just went through a really really bad depression. To be honest, like you know, I just couldn't do anything. I could not do anything. What I had to move back home for a little bit. Oh wow! Um, my family came together and like took care of me pretty much. Mm-hmm. And and I just was trying to figure out like what I mean I knew that people like have regrets and like feel bad or whatever mm-hmm. but like what was like what was this feeling of the planet weighing down on my soul you know like I had this really mm-hmm. heavy feeling and then my friend who's also who's an astrologist or life right. something right <laughs> she does a lot of stuff um, she told me about this thing called the Saturn returns and I was like something is up like something is not something's up. So I just started going, like, researching it and finding out, like, what that meant and the planet Saturn going back, blah, blah, blah. You know, you, right. anyone that's 27 right now should definitely look that up and find out what's going to happen. Um, so basically, when a lot of things were going wrong, went through a really bad time, and I just picked myself up one step at a time. I got a lot of help, and I refocused. I changed a lot of things, and, you know, next thing you know, a year later, things were getting back to normal. I moved back to, into my apartment. Um, I decided to go full-time as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, which was one of the, you know, work is probably the heaviest, like, downer if you don't like what you do. Yeah, um, and you didn't, right? Yeah, I didn't really like it. It wasn't where, you know, I wasn't happy there, and I didn't, yeah, I wasn't happy there. It wasn't your thing. It, it wasn't, wasn't the thing. right fit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just, like, I just pretty much started all over. Mm-hmm. Um uh, got a boyfriend <laughs> who we're still together so, um, and got a new job, a new boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, you know, started doing entrepreneur stuff. And I just started like really, you know, a lot of, a lot of self-help books, <laughs> a lot of like, a lot of, you know, yoga, I yoga, doing yoga, Bikram, physical, and a lot of uh, physical stuff. So you kind of, so you kind of had like, so you, do you feel like you're pretty different from the person you now the person you were then yeah i mean i in uh what is it in the essence i'm the same right but uh the things that i do the, the actions, way you get through life the, the way, way you cope I, the way you would approach living exactly daily living exactly it's completely different wow yeah. so you, you're pretty proud of that i think you I'm should so be right i think that um i mean that's another one of my aside from my background my history being a immigrant and mm-hmm. going through all that like I think that was probably my strongest source of energy, knowing that how low I was, and mm-hmm. knowing that I was able, with the help of so many people, to get back up. You mm-hmm. know, just mm-hmm. going through that process, you always just want to help somebody else do the same. You know, right? Um, so great. So yeah. I mean, it is. It is. It is. Um, it's a great. It's a great. Um, 
example and a great message that uh, we should all remember because it happens to everyone sooner or later, I think, on some level. And it's what you do with that, not like how you get through it. you come, it made you stronger, right? Yeah. I know that sounds like a cliche, but <laughs> I know it does. they have songs about that. I'm not going to sing them. Whatever but makes you stronger. What song is that? Who did that? That was, um, oh, oh what's that was Kelly Clarkson, right? Oh my God, I can't. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We, we, we don't play those. Clubs. I don't think, I don't I'm think so, Radio Free, so I hope, I that. hope there's no one on Radio Free Brooklyn playing <laughs> Well, you know, Kelly music Clark. is also the number one thing that helps people get up because I would listen to some like serious dance and motivational music the entire time. Oh, really? That worked for you, too? Everybody's got their own, you know, everybody's got whatever works for them. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about the private school or the the boarding school. Was it all like, I'm imagining, I'm just going to put this out there, I'm imagining it's like rich white girls. Was it? Um, Yes, it was co-ed, though. Um, oh, (laughs) okay. Rich white girls and boys. Yes, they were, they were very, they were, you know. The boarding school was a wealthy boarding school. So was it like you were, let's just say it, you were like the underprivileged kid from like an urban area? Yep. That was, that was story, your role? That was the story that I was telling myself, and that was the story. Was How like, was that? Uh, what is that like? You don't feel girl. that way now, right? Um, no. I mean, you don't feel, do you feel like, I feel like Bushwick is fairly like color, blind, sex. I mean, I feel like, you know, there is more integration between not just races, but also like gays and straights. Uh-huh. Do you feel like that here, or is it just me being a Do white I feel person? Like if, if like Bushwick is more integrated, yeah. Like I mean, you can go to a bar and and have a bunch of different races and gays and straights and um, more than I in a lot know. of. I don't know about that. You don't feel, feel like, like that. I feel like the people that live here are very diverse, but I feel like we still got we got we got some work. Doctor Lisa gives a shit. 